morning. Welcome to worship this morning. We're so glad that you have joined us here for early worship here at Central Baptist Church this morning. Glad that you've joined us at a time where maybe it's a chance for us this morning to take a deep breath and to be, to be in the presence of God, to be with one another, and to be able to be our true selves together this morning. Um, Mark's on sabbatical. He's somewhere. I don't know. So, but you can follow along with his journeys online on his blog. There's a link to it on our website um, as he travels uh, from uh, Rhode Island and then makes his way uh, over to Ireland. Uh, you can follow along with Mark uh, in, as, he, uh, as he posts along about his journeys. As we journey together, uh, we're continuing our, uh, our voyage of voices this morning with the Reverend Dr. Kara Kilpatrick, who you all know and who you often see behind the hammered dulcimer up here, but today will be preaching uh, for us. You can find out more. You'll see in your news and notes. Um, uh, you, can, you can see Kara's bio and find out more about her. And every time we talk, I find out something else. And we'll, today, will we hear the story about the uh, Yugoslavian street children? Okay, okay, maybe, maybe. I'm still waiting on it, so we'll see. Anyway, uh, so, but we're, uh, we're grateful that Kara has, uh, is, is preaching for us this morning, not only in the 8.30 service, but also later on at 11 o'clock. So thank you so much for doing that this morning. A few weeks back, um, I was at the Alliance of Baptist Conference. I talked about that some last week, uh, but I was at the board meeting before it began. We were in D.C., and uh, I'm always amazed and grateful to be in this space, this beautiful, diverse space at the Alliance of Baptists, where we're, I feel called out again and again um, to, uh, to, to rethink who we are as Baptists and to be able to be maybe pushed or pulled or coaxed a little farther along our journeys. And that morning when we were there, we were at the board meeting and I was ready to just, you know, get down to business and I was still maybe kind of sort of almost awake, um, kind of like right now. And, uh, and so as, uh, as we got together, we had a time of worship at the beginning, and uh, one of the board members, Malou, who's uh, also a chaplain, um, invited us into a time of worship. And at that time of worship, uh, as we're together before you know a day-long meeting, she asked us to think about who we have brought with us to that space. And some people, we went around and shared some. Some people mentioned uh, recently uh, lost uh, family members, mothers and grandmothers. Some people mentioned children that they had left, uh, you know, back home as they'd traveled for this conference. Some people had mentioned other folks, friends and relatives that they carried with them, folks who were sick, folks who were hurting. And as we were there in this time where I kind of wanted to stay inside of myself and I kind of wanted to just be quiet and be a part, um, I felt like we were coaxed out to be present with one another. And sometimes that's a hard thing to do. Sometimes that's not a thing that we want to do or we want to be about. But whenever we find a little bit of grace to step out of ourselves into the presence of God's people, into the presence of God, I think we find again and again a gracious and beautiful welcome uh, that maybe even we were not expecting more than we could ever imagine. So this morning, know again that you are welcome here to this place, just as you are. That God welcomes all of us in this place to be our true selves. And there, here this morning, we'll find uh, that we're not alone, 
and that there is grace for us. So let's worship together. As we begin, we light this candle celebrating the presence of Christ in us, among us, and beyond us, those out in the world, and in this special weekend, we remember those who have gone on beyond us to the great beyond. As we begin, let us stand as we do the call to worship. Oh God, be gracious to us. Light the way of peace with your justice. Light the way of boldness with your loving kindness. May everyone praise the giver of life. May all people share in your abundance. May everyone know that you are near. May all people know you are And now let's pass the peace and welcome each other. <laughs> going to stop the gathering and the welcome, but I'm going to invite you to remain standing as you're able. And we're going to sing a song together that we're singing in 11 o'clock uh, during our time of Eastertide together. Um, usually we sing from the hymnal, but we're going to do uh, make an exception here. Uh, we will walk in the light. Uh, we learned this last week. We're going to sing it again this week. So if you don't know it, uh, I'll sing it through once for you as we continue to, uh, to learn this song together. Oh, this room. 
when you go home after church today and you want to look up the um, sp scripture reading, it'll if you don't know what you're doing, it'll take you a little while. So I'm going to explain to you what it is. The reading comes from Re Revelation chapter 21, verse 10. Then you go down to Revelation 21, still the same chapter, and you read verse 22, and then you go into to chapter 22 through verse 5. So that might be a puzzle for you to do this afternoon when you get home anyway, if you don't normally do it, because it took me a while and Aaron a while to figure out what it was. But here it is, it's beautiful. <clears throat> He took me in a spirit-inspired trance to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. I didn't see a temple in the city because its temple is the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. The city doesn't need the sun or the moon to shine on it because God's glory is its light and its lamp is the Lamb. <clears throat> the nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never shut by day, and there will be no light there. They will bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And anyone who, uh, let's see, they, they will bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. Nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does that is vile and deceitful, but only those who are registered in the Lamb's scroll of life. Then the angel showed me the river of life-giving water, shining like crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb through the middle of the city's main street. On each side of the river is the tree of life, which produces 12 crops of fruit, bearing its fruit each month. The leaves trees are for the healing of the nations. There will no longer be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. Night will be no more. They won't need the light of a lamp or the light from the sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will rule forever and always. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. psalm that I found a, a lot of uh, comfort and, uh, and beauty in, especially after a class in, in seminary, uh, which sometimes is surprising after a class in seminary to, uh, to see something, uh, is uh, to, to find some, some amazing uh, beauty in this, um, was that uh, in Psalm 121, it's as if uh, someone is, is, is leaving the temple, perhaps, and uh, the uh, they're talking to the priest and saying, look at the mountains ahead of me. 
look at these troubles as I leave this place of sanctuary and go out across these um, difficult lands and uh, who's going to be my help as I go out and the priest then responding to them well the Lord is my help the Lord will be your help too as you go along the Lord will be with you stuff about me in the bulletin if you want to know more. Um, but the big thing is that uh, we are here at this church, Gino and I. We have uh, found it uh, pretty much as soon as we got to um, uh, Lexington almost three years ago now. And it's definitely been a place of 
rest and love and beauty and kindness and fellowship for us. And it's certainly a pleasure to be able to be in this church and a pleasure to be able to be here with you in this capacity today. Um, with the wonderful song that Aaron just sang, um, another one of the lectionary texts is um, Psalm 67. It's kind of a, a blessing hymn, um, and I thought maybe I would read it as kind of a prayer as we begin our time together. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. That your way may be known upon the earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, has blessed us. May God continue to bless us. Let all the ends of the earth revere him. Amen. So an, another passage that I'm going to be reading uh, for you because it's the, the passage that I'm mainly preaching on and I don't want you to uh, not hear uh, what this passage passage says before I preach on it. It's from John 14. I'm going to add just a little bit to it. Uh, it's 23 through 29. I'm going to read uh, 15 through 17 and then also do 23 through 29. So, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it, is, it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. And then verse 23. Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word and my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you all that I have said to you. But peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe me. The word of God for the people of God. So my desire, just in general, is to take the word of God seriously, to approach it with expectation that God is present right here, right now, with something to say to me, to the church, and to the world. For preaching, 
I hold to the metaphor in Hebrews that the creation is in the midst of birth pangs, that there is labor, work involved in living this life in all times and in all places. When I step to the pulpit, it's to talk about how God interacts and intersects this work because God does so love the world that God sent Jesus. So we may not perish in this labor, but one day find we are fully ourselves in the presence of God and Jesus and all the saints who have gone before. But sometimes the labor pains feel more real than God's interventions. Soldiers going to the Middle East, women's decisions being curtailed by politics, the discrimination that continues to exist across domains of culture, ethnicity, sexuality, and gender. Where is God in all of this? And to be honest, I'm more concerned about the particularities of my life most days, the health of my aging parents, finding time to get all the stuff of life taken care of, and grieving the loss of a most beloved pet. I hear about the plights of others and the world, and I feel pangs of sorrow, pity, astonishment, anger, but I feel so overwhelmed by the magnitude of it all. I wonder how my slight efforts to chip away at the mountain will ever lead to a level path. Then there is Jesus in this passage, sounding like I need to ask for his keys and call him a cab. He's rambling. It's a good ramble and all, but when I first read it out loud to Gino this time around, we had a moment of stunned silence before asking each other, did that make any sense to you? On first pass, even second, third, and beyond, it didn't much. It's like John took all of these brief snippets of Jesus' words and then, stream of consciousness style, wrote them all down in one sitting. Some commentators I looked at called this particular part of John rhetorically complex. Yeah, that. Yet, as I have waded into the stream of consciousness that is John's version of Jesus' farewell discourse, meaning the words Jesus spoke to his disciples in the upper room before his betrayal, I have found a few rocks on which to perch. Most importantly, as we are two weeks away from Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit shows up in full force, Jesus is helping us again get some understanding about this third person of the Trinity. Beginning in verses 16 and 17, we're told that the Spirit is the one who is called to come alongside us. Jesus calls the Spirit another advocate. So Jesus is the first advocate sent by God and the world, sent by God for us and for the world, and the Spirit will also be sent by God to be the second advocate. The Spirit in this passage is also called the Spirit of Truth who will be with us forever. In verse 26, we find out the Spirit is not only an advocate and the Spirit of Truth, but also a teacher who can teach us everything and will give us prompts so that we can remember what Jesus has said to us. 
In these verses, Jesus talks about the Spirit as a gift that is given or a present that is sent. The caveat is that we experience the Spirit as we come to believe in Jesus. Jesus then asks that the Spirit be sent or given to us in addition to the presence of God and Jesus within us. That's the Godhead, y'all. Did you catch that? God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the three persons known collectively as the Godhead or the Trinity, in you, in me, in all those who love Jesus. The inner abiding of the Godhead with us can only happen if Jesus ascends to God, however. This is why Jesus says that we who love him can rejoice that he is journeying to God. For his journey to God results in their returning with the Spirit to abide with us. For this week, it is as much as we learn about the Spirit and about how life with Jesus works in the time between Jesus' ascension and God making all things new in Revelation. But it is enough. And it is everything. The Godhead in all of us, not sometimes, not just when good, when all is good and all in life is going well. The Godhead abiding in us when grief looms over us and fear taunts our decisions. The Godhead teaching us the paths of justice we are to take and to make in our lives, both individually and collectively. The Godhead forever with us, using us to shape the course of this world until all things are made new. The Godhead, the triune God in all of us. Because this is how God has chosen to work and to bring God's love, Christ's love, into this world. Through you, through me, through us as a community, working together, loving each other, loving the world into newness. It is in John 10.10 10 that Jesus says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The world is in the midst of labor, hard labor, difficult labor, and God is here now in us and through us, coaxing life to be born new. In our homes, at our jobs, through the organizations and activities in which we participate, it is not an accident that you are who you are, that you were born in this time and in this place, that all of the things that have happened to you and are happening to you are going on. God's hand has been in your life from the beginning. And as you came to believe in Jesus, the Godhead, the triune God, came to dwell in you, not only for your benefit, though it is beneficial, but in order to bring the kingdom of God into the world where life flows like a river, healing buds out like a tree in spring, and God's presence is palpable and ever near. The question is, do you know it in your bones 
that the Godhead, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is in you and in those around you. It is the witness of John to us today. Another lectionary uh, reading today is Acts 16. It is the witness of Acts 16 as well. And most of the time, I don't know that I experience it in a way our Pentecostal friends might experience it, but I do get glimpses. And because Aaron asked about this story at the beginning, one of the glimpses that uh, I, I have received in my life was a time, um, I lived in Ukraine for a year. I came back home and I went back to Ukraine and at the end of my time, um, I spent a short period of time in Europe alone. I was alone. And I took a train uh, in Zurich to the Austrian border, just knowing that uh, I was gonna, I was reading all the timetables right and I was gonna get there, no problem, right? So I get to the Swiss and the Swiss border uh, with Austria and there is no train. There is no train coming. There is no train expected. The station, the station is like shut and locked. There, there are no attendants, no anything to help me. And I didn't have any money. Like, I didn't speak German, French, you know, Swiss. I forget the name for the Swiss language right now. But Romanche, there it is. Um, didn't, didn't speak any of the languages. I had not traded any money because I had my ticket for the train, right? So I wasn't going to need it. And I had a backpack that I, you know, had been carrying around with me on this trip. So I went and I sat down on a bench and the sun was setting. And I was just thinking, hmm, this bench is going to be really comfortable to lay down on <laughs> for the rest of the night. When this young man in um, like a tank top shirt and his arm in a cast all the way up from his, from his wrist to his shoulder, um, sits down beside me and asks me, you know, as best as he can, something. And I just look at him, because I don't know. And so I spoke Russian to him, because I figured, I, you know, I, I just spoke Russian to him. I was trying to, I spoke English first and then I spoke Russian. And he, he got the Russian. And he was like, wait, wait, let me find somebody who actually speaks a little more Russian than I do, basically. And he went and he got a friend, brought him back. And um, it turns out that this, uh, this gentleman and this other gentleman and several other people who ended up being with him were, at that time, um, refugees from Yugoslavia. There was a lot going on in that part of the world. And they had come to Switzerland. Um, and in that period of time, they um, befriended me, they gave me money to uh, find a bus, they got me on the right bus, they like talked with all the people, you know, they found out who could speak whatever language needed to be spoken, they got the right people, they gave me money, and then I was back on my way <laughs> to my journey. And um, 
And I look back on that, and I'm like, God's hand was in that, you know? God's hand was all over that. Um, where those who had so little still gave so much um, and to help a stranger, somebody that they did not know, get to where they need to go. And I believe that we all have those experiences and maybe we haven't quite seen them as glimpses of God working and sometimes they're not as stark uh, sometimes uh, it's just in the course of our daily lives. I mean, I get a glimpse, I see Rachel <laughs> out there, I get a glimpse seeing that in all the work you do with Habitat, right? Um, I see it as central works to be an open and affirming congregation and the work we do with other congregations and the support we give uh, to the people in the Lexington community. Yet these are just a few of the faces of God that are in and among us. And so the challenge for this week is to look for God in the likely and the unlikely places and people that you are around from day to day. Because truly the triune God is in us and all around us all the time coming alongside us and giving us strength to chip away at that mountain until there is indeed a level path. our response this morning by singing together love divine all loves excelling number 366 in your
that you dwell within us, that you are far beyond us, that you are always out ahead of us, that you are always behind us, above us, under us, beside us, welcoming us into that ever unfolding now. We ask for eyes to see. That as we would see the welcome and the grace that you offer and extend to us, we would find healed hearts and souls that would be able to offer to others that same welcome, that same grace. Seeing the spark of the divine within those who are near to us and those who are far away. justice and for the peace of all humanity. We are grateful for your good calling and for your love. We ask you for grace to follow. In the name of Christ we pray. so glad that you have joined us for worship this morning and uh, so grateful to Kara for preaching this morning and for uh, for leading us uh, into God's word this morning. So now as we go, um, I invite you to stand as you're able as we sing together our, our sending song, God be the love to search and keep me number 543. So as you're able, I invite you to stand and let's sing together.